Welcome back, everybody, to this bonus episode for Drunk Bible Study 109, the one where we meet Bathsheba. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So we did four chapters in this one, and there was a lot of different events that happened. So we had a number of things to cover. Uh, And before we get to Bathsheba, something that I looked up was the thing, I don't know if you even remember this, this happened way early on in the episode, was when David defeated the Moabites and then did that thing of having them all lie down and then measuring them out with like measuring tape. How could I forget? Yeah, you know. It's pretty weird. Yeah, pretty weird, right? So here's what was interesting is that, so on the hermeneutics stack exchange, which is a website I found that's fascinating for this sort of thing. Um, So someone asked the question, was the use of a measuring line literal or symbolic in 2 Samuel 8? Mm. And, you know, they they talk about the the verse. This one here is from the New King James, which is, then he defeated Moab, forcing them down to the ground. He measured them off with a line. With two lines, he measured off those to be put to death, and with one full line, those to be kept alive. So Mm -hmm. the Moabites became David's servants and brought tribute. So he's basically asking, what's the deal? Is this metaphorical that he killed two-thirds of them? Did he actually do this with a measuring line? Whatever. And the responses were all just kind of like, they're sort of like, the question of why he did it is interesting. But the question of, is it literal or not? Like, don't be an idiot. Of course it's literal. <laughs> like, the, the, everyone was just sort of like, that was a stupid question. However, <laughs> this other part of it is interesting. So, so wait a minute. It is literal. It is literal. He Like, apparently because of the wording or whatever, it's most people, it seems, interpret this as, like, literally a measuring tape. <laughs> that he, Why is that a stupid question? I, I, I don't know. It's a legitimate question. These are people on hermeneutic stack exchange. So they're like okay. in this world okay. in a way that we're not. We're on like naive yokels stack exchange. <laughs> you know, a very different sort of crowd there. Yeah, okay. Now, right. No one was mean, but they were all just like, no, obviously this is literal. Uh, but one thing, they talked about a couple things. So one is that they went back to talking about Balaam. Remember our buddy Balaam with the mm-hmm. talking ass and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so one of Balaam's prophecies from back in Numbers said, again, this is King James Version. It says, um, there shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of the Sheth. So the idea is that then here, this is like the fulfillment of that prophecy of David being the star that comes out of Jacob. And and I guess maybe the scepter is a reference to kings, that he's a king that rises out of Israel and smites the corners of Moab. Well, okay. And the star too, because as we will talk about later, the star makes an appearance, the star of, of David in various renditions of the story done on film right but i i was like okay where does this actually come from because i know what the star of david is and i've seen it you know i uh, some of my jewish friends wear it but i i haven't heard them like specifically speak about it in the david story yet 
unless I missed that. Well, yeah. So I did actually do a little bit of research on this, too, that I was thinking of going into next week, but we could talk about it now if you're into it. Okay. Um, And that's the the, the Star of David, right? Which became this Jewish symbol. Yeah. Uh, From what I can tell, it didn't start showing up in manuscripts and like stone monuments and things until like the third or fourth century A.D., so oh, wow. hundreds so of years a, after quite a ways this. afterwards huh though supposedly the shape may have resembled the shape of king david's shield although i have huh. not found any sources that back oh, that up that he would have the spiky shield i guess cool. yeah but but it does seem like pretty much everything i'm seeing like in the time of king david it would not have been a symbol that was used around Maybe, uh, maybe, but it's clear like in the movie depictions that it's just, they're like, people know this is the Star of David, so we're going to put it on David. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) What it feels like, honestly. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. So anyway, that's something I found out about that. But what I was going to say about the um, Balaam, though, is -hmm. the other deal is that the Moabites were the ones who hired Balaam to curse Israel, and then he didn't. Yeah. So that's also like related to this same story that he kind of predicted this while being hired by the Moabites was interesting. And then some Bible commentaries talk about this thing of slaughtering just two thirds of the army as opposed to all of them as being an indicator of David's like mercifulness. And I'm just Mm, like, okay, 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 no. First of all, We remember when Saul tried to be merciful to a kingdom that Yahweh told him to kill. That was what broke them up. That Yahweh broke up with him over that. (laughs) So, like, I don't buy it. And then, two, it's like, okay, then other people are like, yeah, well, but then it shows that he thought it was valuable to keep a third of them alive to keep paying tribute to him. And I'm like, okay, that sounds maybe more like the David we've come to know. (laughs) But then I also think about this and I started imagining it and I like you know content warning again I guess our show's just full of them but if you imagine this right like this one army has beaten this other one this big army has beaten you and now they force all of you to lie down on the ground and line you up and measure you off and every two thirds of you, you kill and then every third they spare yeah that is messed up that is some yeah. like super horrible psychological torture. Yeah. And so yeah. it just I feel like anytime you try to make any one people always the good guy or always the bad guy, really you're wrong. You know? Well, I guess I want to say like David did this. It David was like did this. his yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Not like an entire people. It was like a leader deciding to do this. And again, another decision on the part of someone who whose power was corrupted by just being like the most powerful man in the world besides freaking Yahweh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, now, one thing that does maybe help a little bit is that I did find that apparently in Jewish tradition, there's a little more to the story. And that's that the king of Moab murdered David's parents. Really? That that just didn't make it into the Bible, but supposedly that's part of Jewish tradition. So that might have justified him being more horrible to the Moabites. And I still don't think that's justification for it, but that's at least, you know, adds some depth to that plot. 
Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's very specific. Okay, so I looked up uh, cutting off beards and garments down the middle, even to their oh, buttocks. Right, right. Yeah, I'm. I am actually trying to remember when this happened, but yeah, someone Hanan Hanon took David's servants and did this to them. So we were kind of wondering, like, why is this such a big deal? What do they exactly mean by cutting it off? Uh, cutting off both of these things. So apparently, yeah, to cut off one's beard is a really, really bad thing. It says that it's regarded by the Arabs is what this says, which I have a problem with. They also use the word oriental in a lot of these oh. things, which is also Jeez. a big problem. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, is it, they basically say that this is an indignity equal to flogging and branding, um, the loss of their long garments so essential to this to someone's dignity was no less insulting than that of their beards. So loss of their long garments and their beards. Um, and basically, yes, yeah, so they cut off the garments and that nobody wore undergarments. So they were literally like leaving it all to hang out if they cut it off at the buttocks. So I am right. assuming it did happen horizontally. Yeah, it seems that way. At the buttocks and then down. And so everything was hanging out. The beards were cut off in half, which is very sad because they took a long time to grow them. And this is not a good thing. It's a it's a sad, bad thing. Did you find anything about how long the beards would have been at that time? Because I remember I didn't know how long it would take to grow back because I don't know how long these beards are. Yeah, not specifically. I'm assuming they all had varying degrees of long beards. It wasn't just like everyone had this specific type of length of beard. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, just, you but know, I'm like if sure. the if the style at the time was like big, long beards. Ooh, or I didn't see that specifically. I think some... that it is supposed to be a fairly mm. long beard. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that'd take a long time to grow back for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it was not good. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He might compel them to bear a part in their mourning. And that such a way was usual with them, but forbidden to Israelites, which I guess cutting off one's beard is forbidden to Israelites, which is interesting. Right. Wasn't there something about that, about like cutting off your hair back from like Exodus or Deuteronomy or something about that being Yahweh saying, don't you do that? Other people do that, but don't you do it? Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I, I think I remember that. In some way, I'm not totally sure of the specifics, but yeah. Oh, interesting. This says like great offenders are those who are shaven entirely. Mm. That's really interesting. It's a heavy punishment. One of the heaviest punishments one could inflict upon them. Wow. But that's, that's but then when you like for the Nazarene, Nazarene vows, Nazarites, Nazarites, Nazarites. the Nazarites. They would shave their head when they join and never cut their hair again until yeah. they until their watch has ended, and then they would shave it again. So that's interesting. And that wasn't like dishonorable discharge. That was like I've served my term that I vowed and now I'm done. So that's yeah. interesting. Huh. Well um, maybe that was like the one exception. Yeah, perhaps it was. But no, apparently, yes, they were going to look real weird and people probably leered at them Oof. and, mm, yeah, made mm-mm. them feel bad about themselves. Because... I mean, David couldn't even look at them. He was like, you I stay know. in this other town until it grows back. 
Exactly. Even, well, even see you. They were exposed in more ways than one is basically what happened. So it's a big Yikes. deal and no fun. No fun at all. So last week, I delighted your senses with a clip from the 1985 King David film starring Richard Gere. Yes, you remember this? Oh, oh were, I remember. How delighted. could I forget? <laughs> a half-naked Richard Gere dancing around yes, on a so, cool set. I highly <laughs> recommend you all go look it up. Well, okay, we're going to watch a little bit more, or we have watched a little bit more from that film. But first, I found this really funny review from 1985 in the Florida Sun Sentinel. I found an archived article online um, reviewing this film. The reviewer doesn't like the film, does not think it's a good film. Yeah, it didn't didn't do well. Did not do well, did not wow anybody. And this is my favorite part of this review. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, the Bible says he danced before the Lord with all his might. Why did Gear have to strip down to a loincloth? Why did he have to do a skipping, stumbling, shuffling parody of a dance? I mean, he won't make true. anyone forget Rita Hairworth. Anyway, that was it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit harsh. I actually thought his depiction was... I think it worked with the way I read the story, at least. That yes, I would agree. Of David just kind of freestyling it and being happy and and stuff. It's more like of an that. ecstatic oh, dance it, than a choreographed dance. Yeah, yeah. Like, what kind of dance is this going to be? Come on, like it, it's going to be an interesting, strange dance. I just thought it was more weird of him doing a weird, interesting, ecstatic dance, and no one else is into it. No that one is else true. is dancing. No one else is clapping or cheering. Everyone's just like, hmm, yes. <laughs> yes like that's mm. what makes his dance even weirder i that's think that's true yeah that he's it's not like he's caught up in like the collective joy of the crowd he's just kind of making it up yeah right. anyway sure. so before recording i mean we reached the very famous david and bathsheba scene of historical import right uh-huh. so, the bathing on the roof one yep yes the bathing on the roof so we watched Two clips of how different biblical films have chosen to tackle this particularly sexy scene. And like, I think like legitimately potentially sexy scene for the Bible, at least, you know, before David sends for her and, you know, probably, you know, has sex with her against her will or whatever. Um, But we watched the Gregory Peck version of the King David story. It's actually a film just called David and Bathsheba. Huh. Oh, so it's just about Um, them. Okay. Yeah, that was from 1951. That film was made. So what did y'all think? 51. Yes. Yes. I thought many things. <laughs> yeah, I thought what some you things thought too. What their, did you their, think, Emma? Their coverage of this scene. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, what can annoyed... You, can you paint us a word picture of what happens, what you see it, in the scene, Essentially, Emily? yeah. So she's in like a tub like you see Gerald of Rivia in when you watch The Witcher. <laughs> okay. Like, it's kind of a... It's, you know, just like a, a wooden tub. It's mm-hmm. very old feeling um but the thing that struck me immediately was that these two women of color were bathing this white woman which is yeah. just 100 percent ridiculous yeah and there was that of annoying. like we're gonna cast white people to play these middle eastern people but we're still gonna make sure that the servants slash slaves right. are black women yeah yeah and yeah. that really angered me from the beginning and then um the second thing that was maybe a little surprising was just Gregory Peck's portrayal of looking at her. First of all, he had like what seemed to be like popcorn or something that he was munching on as he was walking up. He like had some sort of snack in his hand and he was eating it. So this was like, 
you know, his Saturday night film or something that he was watching. <laughs> and he just, it, the camera just stays on him for a while. Just he stares. Yeah. He's for just so long. Yeah. He's just looking. He's just staring. So that happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, Bathsheba seems to be chilling. She doesn't really notice him in this one. Not like in the Richard Gere one. But did, did I leave anything out, Jace? Out, Jace, did you see anything? Was yeah, well, the, the other thing that just jumped out to me, being that this is, I guess, from the 50s, is that the whole thing takes place behind, like, a little privacy wall. Yeah. Which, uh, like, ironically, maybe makes more sense if you're bathing on your rooftop that's, like, open to the world and there's buildings that are taller than yours that you would have that. But it was very chaste. You know, it was like... We, it was implied that she was naked because she was taking a bath and towels were involved, but like you saw no skin at Nothing. all, really. Like literally Nothing. from the neck up is all you saw. So it was very, very sort of puritanical and chaste in the way that it depicted this. Yeah. So apparently all that he was seeing that he was excited by was her face, or I her guess. Hair. And just maybe She had some yeah, kind of hair. big hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was titillated by the idea of her taking a bath mm, yeah yeah but that was about it that was interesting and it was contrasted greatly by the second richard garrison yeah which was all tits all the time right emily can you maybe paint us a word picture of that of the okay richard so one? so richard gear in all of his glory which one was the one no it was the first one that he had the big star of david on this one he didn't have the big star of david on him he was in robes it was very dark kind of very dark dark. it was all three white women this time the servants and Bathsheba and she had like some short cropped hair I didn't dig her hair as much as the other lady Um, but she was 100% nude and you saw everything which was surprising and they were just kind of like throwing water on her and kind of (laughs) like scrubbing everything all over I think it was oil. And, huh? Oh, it was oil? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and okay. that was that. And she did look at David and he did look at her. It wasn't just a one-way look. Yeah. She was also looking. But yeah, she was super naked. Her like, boobies it was were pretty, out. It was a pretty arousing scene. Definitely the filming of that one was a lot more leaning into the sexy yes. than... The other one, yeah. It was sure. very titillating from a more like literal standpoint. <laughs> not just from a oh, this might be interesting in my head standpoint. Right. I guess I'd be curious, like for moviegoers of the time, mm-hmm. whether that also would have been like whether that 1950s one would have also been very titillating, because even that just implied bathing was a big thing, or would people even at the time have been like, ugh. Yeah, this story was sexier when I read it in the Bible. And that's saying something. If anyone ever says that about your movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> for for the people who are in our Drunk Bible Study fans and fellowship group, I will post a link to the 1951 David and Bathsheba scene because that's nicely cut on YouTube. But the other scene I could only find in a Spanish language version of the stream. So I'm not going to post that because <laughs> it's like the, it was like the whole thing. Yeah, film. I don't believe YouTube would allow that on its premises because it was completely uncensored in every way that's true youtube wouldn't allow nudity like that that's true 
No, YouTube would not. So, yeah. So that was fun. Uh, Not that we recommend the 1985 Richard Gere film entitled David. Is it just David? King David. King David. Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know, it was a fun scene. And the other scene was fun, too. So maybe just watch those two and then that's enough for you. And uh, we will see you all next week, getting maybe perhaps more into the story of Bathsheba. Maybe she'll be clothed this time. We'll see. And uh, we'll see you then. Yeah.